The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce's small business initiatives are made possible by our small business program investors, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas, Cox Business, AGH CPAs and Advisors, United Healthcare, and Interest Bank. and drums, you know it's time for the Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator, powered by Evergy. Join us as we explore the world of business, leadership, and entrepreneurship in Wichita. Learn from local business leaders and owners on how they have built and grown their companies and the challenges and opportunities they met along the way. Coming to you from the Evergy Room at the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce. Here are your hosts, Don Sherman and Ebony Clemens Ajibalande. Welcome to another edition of the WCBA brought to you by Evergy. And we got my man, my friend. I think he's Ebony's friend, but we'll find out. <laughs> uh, Wayne Bell from the SBA. Wayne Bell, he is my friend. <laughs> Known Wayne for uh, a few years. He's a good guy. But now we are going to learn something interesting uh, about Wayne and what he does for us on a daily basis. Um, and, and many people don't even probably realize. So, Wayne, tell us who you are and uh, your title and the name of the business. All right. Thank you so much, Ebony. Um, yeah, Ebony Clemens Ajubilade. Yeah, That's right. Yeah, we go way back, of course. <laughs> and Don Sherman. Uh, we go further back. Way back. <laughs> But uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> I could say way back. You cannot add all away. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, so as you all uh, noted, I'm Wayne Bell, the district director for the U.S. Small Business Administration here in Wichita. And I've uh, served in this role. Uh, surprisingly, it's been a little over 12 years yeah. now. And uh, and then in total with the federal government uh, for the past 18 years, and I, I want to mention something while it's on my mind. This week is National uh, Public Service Recognition Week. And uh, so it's a neat time as a federal member of, of um, you know, the workforce. Uh, just a neat time to, you know, take a step back and, and recognize all of the contributions, you know, of our other federal colleagues uh, in the area. Given the pandemic, uh, you know, we've had federal uh, members of the workforce uh, collectively that have served. I'm thinking of the VA and and the nurses and, and the folks there uh, in the health professions. I'm thinking of the TSA uh, screeners that have continued to screen and, and do that tough work throughout the pandemic. And then certainly I'm thinking of my SBA team who's worked with many, many, many lenders and borrowers to get our resources to the small businesses and, and other organizations that have been impacted by COVID. So all that to say, uh, neat time uh, to be here with you today. I love that, that shout out. You know, I think one of our uh, podcast um, interviews, the term was used, it's time to light it back up. And, yeah. you know, it's, it, it's really the work that your team and that other um, national public servants uh, do that help us do that and get back, to, uh, get our economy back. Yeah, thank you. Yep. Yeah. So talk to us about how many employees do you guys have? Uh, in our local district office, we have nine. 
Uh, and from that team of nine, or in addition to that team, we have a host of resource partners, other organizations that are funded in part by the SBA. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking of the small business development centers. There are like 16 of those centers all around the, the state. There's one on the campus of Wichita State University, uh, and they're mostly housed on the campus of universities. And what do they do? All right. What they do is they do mentoring, uh, counseling, training sessions. Right now, they're doing a lot of webinars. Uh, All of us have had to work uh, virtually for the most part, so webinars and, 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 and also small group meetings, you know, with individuals and, and, uh, uh, you know, smaller uh, meetings with stakeholders, that kind of thing. So we're doing a lot of those virtual meetings uh, at the moment. And that's SBDC. Yeah, the Small Business Development Center. Yep. And you always you also have SCORE. And we have SCORE. That's right. Uh, SCORE, uh, at one time, that was an acronym that stood for Service Corps of Retired Executives. Now uh, they've dropped that because not all of their members are retired. Mm-hmm. So they go by SCORE, Counselors to America's Small Business. So, yeah, SCORE is another uh, resource partner funded in part by the SBA. And then we have uh, two other groups, Women's Business Centers that are that are all throughout the country. Closest Women's Business Center is in uh, Kansas City, in the Kansas City, Kansas area. And then uh, we have Veterans Resource Centers that are also funded by the SBA. And the closest center to us, which covers Kansas, is in St. Louis. Awesome. So the Women's Business Center... What does that do exactly? So they have a focus on uh, their mission is about helping women in business, um, you know, women uh, who want to go into business, who are entrepreneurs and perhaps are having trouble, you know, connecting the dots, needing to know, you know, uh, what resources to go to. And often uh, there there are situations where individuals are more comfortable going to a women's business center Mm -hmm. than they might be going to the SBA or one of these other partners. Uh, Likewise, with the Veterans Resource Centers, they're specifically uh, in place to serve veterans and those service members that as they transition out, they want to start a business. That's really kind of the first place they ought to go to because often the staff there are former veterans themselves. You know, they, they, they speak the language. They understand the stage that the individual's in, and, and they can kind of help them, help them get to eventually the SBA resources and the other things that they need. So does it matter where uh, an organization or an individual is in their um, uh, lifespan, if they're just thinking about uh, starting a business or if they're, um, you know, mid-size or if they have 100 employees? Does it matter uh, to come use these? Um, no, no, no. That's a great, great question. Uh, no, it doesn't matter. They could be starting. They could be thinking of starting. They could be looking Often uh, there's a situation where there's an existing business that maybe they want to sell or they're looking, it could be a family business that they're trying to really formalize a succession plan, you know, for that business. So there are all kinds of scenarios that come up and there's really no wrong, by the way, there's no wrong door in terms of the resource they start with. They could start with any of these partners and eventually the partners, they work together, they work with us. And we're going to get them to the right place if they're at a stage where they're ready to access capital. Um, you know, then we can we can visit with them as SBA staff uh, and and direct them to maybe a lending partner mm-hmm. or another funding source. 
Um, and if they need technical assistance, the groups that are best with technical assistance are going to be SCORE and the Small Business Development Centers. Th- those folks, I mean, that's what they do. They, they work one-on-one with individuals. They look at countless uh, business plans. They look at financials. They, they thoroughly understand financials. They're familiar with certain sectors. And, uh, and so those are, those are going to be the best resources to, to work with in terms of SBA resources when you're dealing with a live situation and, and I'm trying to, you're, you're trying to make a decision to purchase a facility or to purchase equipment or to expand in a particular territory. You know, these are, that's the right, those are the two resources that are probably best to bounce, you know, these uh, decisions off of and, and to give you good guidance. What's the purpose of the SBA? Uh, great, great, great question. You know, it, it was, the SBA was established in 1953 all around this idea. And, and actually, it's pretty interesting. It was established as a result of service members coming back from, I believe, World War II. Okay. And, uh, and so the idea was that the American dream at that time, uh, you know, perhaps not only consisted of, you know, getting a job and, 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 and buying a home, you know, for your, for your family and going on that way. It also included business ownership and entrepreneurship. And so as that was emerging as, as, you know, an option that, that individuals wanted to pursue, the idea that the government should provide some assistance in that area, you know, that that became, you know, kind of a consensus, you know, decision. And so it was President Eisenhower of Abilene, Kansas, that actually established. And, and, and I'll tell you, I, I've, I've, I've grown to appreciate President Eisenhower because President Eisenhower did two things that he did many things, but there are two things that are really notable. Two things he created. The interstates. Right. Mm-hmm. He created the interstates, you know, the highways uh, that, that go all across our country and allow the East Coast, West Coast and everything, you know, to go across. But he also established the SBA. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. and from Abilene, Kansas, you know. Uh, so I, I tease my colleagues from time to time around the country that I'm in District 1. <laughs> <laughs> nice. This is ground zero you know, right. for, for the SBA. So. So yeah, uh, but 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 the mission of the SBA, you know, I would I would, you know, kind of abbreviate, but really it's all about helping uh, individuals that want to start a business to go about doing it in an informed fashion, and then and then providing the 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 resources and the support uh, to those American citizens, you know, that want to go about uh, starting a small business. Excellent. So you got folks that. Want to start a business, they said, well, I can self-fund it, maybe, or I can go get a traditional commercial loan, maybe, or I can do the SBA, maybe. Mm-hmm. What Walk us through the steps of what it would take if their choice, it, well, tell us how they get to be a candidate for an SBA loan, then walk us through that process. Okay. All right. So in a... You know, and let's and let's think of this maybe before COVID, before the right. pandemic. So, you you may have an individual who uh, has some personal resources. You know, maybe they have some some money that they've inherited uh, that they could invest in a business. 
And if their credit is really good, really strong, um, if they've got a solid plan, in that scenario, they may not need SBA, right? They could go probably conventional financing if they want to get financing for their business, or they might even self-fund the business. But often, and the majority of times, when people are starting, they don't necessarily have everything they need. They might have a great idea, might even have great credit, Mm -hmm. but they don't have the money themselves to invest. Or they may have a little bit of capital to invest. Maybe their credit is a little shaky. Mm -hmm. You know, so usually something in the situation makes this deal a little higher risk for investors or for lenders. And in those cases, the SBA becomes a viable option because SBA really kind of shores up this risk associated with the deal. You, you still have to, as a borrower, you still have to satisfy the lender's requirements. You know, everything, the lender's going to run uh, the personal credit. They're going to look at your taxes. They're going to go through all of their checks but in their options, as they perceive this to be a little higher risk, for a lender, it can really sure up that risk if they use one of the SBA programs because it's almost like an insurance policy on the loan. It's, it's a, with SBA loans, there's a government guarantee, much like a student, you know, a, a student loan, a federal student loan or what have you, where the government is is guaranteeing a part of this, you know, part of this loan. So if the business is not successful, the lender will ultimately be able to recover a percentage of that loan from the government or from the SBA. So that's 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 part of how the SBA works. It really helps lenders. It, it shores up their risk a bit. It helps to give borrowers the capital they would have otherwise may not have gotten, you know, to move forward. Now, the, the fees associated with SBA are slightly higher than what you might get conventionally. Mm-hmm. The interest rate is slightly higher than what you might get conventionally. But, you know, it, it uh, gets the individual in, in the capital they need. And the terms are usually a bit more flexible with SBA. Lenders have the ability to uh, put something that otherwise maybe they put on a three-year term or a five-year term. They could put it on a five- or seven-year term with SBA. If there's property involved, it could go 20 or 25 years mm-hmm. with SBA. So they've got some flexibilities. They can they can modify loans kind of midway uh, through the term of a loan. So they've got a lot of flexibility with SBA. And from a borrower standpoint, it gets them the capital they need you know, to move this idea forward or to move the business forward. So I'm curious, Wayne, what was the atmosphere at the SBA uh, when COVID-19 shut down the country? Wow. <laughs> it was really, really something. Um, you know, it, it uh, leading into it, um, I had to, I, I ended up working really, really close with the governor's team. I ended up working uh, really close with, at that time, Secretary uh, David Tolan, Mm -hmm. because to get the disaster declarations in place, the governor's office, there were some criteria that had to be met. And so we were like in daily conversations. This is back in like March of 2020. Mm -hmm. 
we're like in daily communication to get the governor's uh, uh, request for this disaster declaration just right. Um, once that happened, it went from that was a fever pitch, and then it went from that to going live. Once this disaster declaration was in place, one of our programs, the Economic Injury Disaster Loan, became available to every affected nonprofit, small business, ag-related entities. And, you know, so overnight, once the declaration was in place, uh, then these resources became available. And so it, it transitioned from working with the governor's team to working with the public and people literally trying to get their applications in. And so the flood of applications and requests for information and how do you do this and that, that kind of stuff, it just went, it was, it was, uh, uh, Don, it was, it was probably, (laughs) (laughs) it was at, it was at, you know, an all time high and it never stopped. (laughs) It didn't stop for probably, oh my goodness. I mean, honestly, from late March, April until about August, it was just, it was, it was. So when you say oh, flood, oh, you yeah. really mean. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really something. How did I, you do that? I'm sorry to interrupt, but no, you, you had nine nine folks. Did yeah. you have to increase staff or? You know, what you was, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, everyone, it was all hands on deck. Um, and so everyone, we were taking calls, you know, around the clock, particularly as things moved. Uh, eventually, the CARES Act um I believe that when that came into play in April of 2020 and the CARES Act provided some additional resources in the way of loan programs, the Paycheck Protection Program, which that was that has been one of the most successful programs I've seen in my time with the SBA because it it was deployed through banks. Mm-hmm. You know, it was accessed through banks. And so if you can imagine now instead of everyone calling us They're contacting all of their lenders and working with the lenders. We're working with the lenders behind the scenes, but it made all of the access points. There were, it was multiplied by the number of banks. And so people were able to access capital through the banks and the criteria for getting that loan was, was pretty relaxed. So the paycheck protection program, you know, turned out to be something that was a really successful Avenue. But in terms of, um, Let's see, I'm trying to go back. Uh, uh, so, yeah, we had nine nine staff. CARES Act eventually allowed us to hire two additional staff, but those staff weren't made available until like August. Mm. It was like July or August. So the first, you know, four months or so, I mean, we we're, were just, you know, pretty much our small team uh, answering questions and things around the clock. You know, I'll never forget one of the funniest calls uh, I received yeah, you know, came through and on my cell phone, and it was um, uh, I didn't have caller ID attached to this number, and so I answered it on on a Saturday, and it's Senator Moran. <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> wow! And we probably talked, we probably talked for like thirty minutes, uh-huh. you know, and he's just you know talking about things, and I really ha- have appreciated uh, his uh, input and his, you know, uh, you know his. Um, Genuine. I mean, Senator Moran, among our congressional delegation, he was one that I just, I thought he was really searching for ways to help. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, right. in a real crisis, and um, and so I, I, I 
appreciate all of our congressional delegation, but certainly appreciate uh, Senator Moran because he personally reached out. We were talking and and uh, yeah. Yeah, kind of, kind of fun. Yep, yep. Uh, Wayne, you you talked a little bit about the PPP and uh, with it going through the banks, it gave an opportunity for many more people to be able to access these monies. But there were some challenges with PPP, right? Uh, so can we just talk a little bit about those challenges and um, maybe some things that we've learned about that and um, what opportunities there are for those persons who are, you know, uh, individuals or uh, sole proprietors or, you know, have two people or, or, you know, a food truck. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, um, biggest challenge, what was, what was revealed in all of this. So PPP assumed that everyone had a banking relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm. It assumed that everyone, you know, the approach and the methodology assumed that everyone had an established banking relationship. But we know now, certainly know now, because it was was highlighted, that in our underserved communities, often the smaller, really small businesses don't have an existing banking relationship. And if you didn't have that existing banking relationship, you couldn't just give them your information and get a PPP loan. Mm-hmm. Now, what's in, what's important to note about the PPP program, there wasn't a credit check, you know, so there wasn't these, these ordinary steps that come into play. There was not a credit check. It was increasingly important. The, the lender had to have the confidence in the individual mm-hmm. that they, they, their numbers and everything they were providing and, and there was some tax information and that kind of thing that had to be provided. But in short, it, it really leveraged the relationship. Mm. And if you didn't have the banking relationships in place, you were, you, you know, you were behind the curve on uh, PPP. Wow. Yeah. And so there have been attempts and I think there have been, you know, successful steps by the SBA after the first round, uh, then eventually uh, the the Economic Aid Act made it available again, and now with the most recent, the American Rescue Plan, it's made PPP available again, and they did some things that one thing to that's important to note. So PPP remains available now through the end of May, May 31st of 2021, and for really small businesses. Their calculation can be based now, and this changed back in January, it can be based on their gross receipts for 2019 or 2020, which is huge because let's say I'm a really small business and and my gross receipts were like 30,000, but because of expenses, you know, you typically may show a loss. You know, once you deduct all of these expenses and everything, you may show a loss. Well, in the PPP calculation, beginning in January 2021, it was based on the gross receipts and uh, and then basically taking a, a formula, I believe it was um, your average uh, monthly uh, receivable times. So the average monthly uh, revenue for two, 2019 multiplied by 2.5. And then that would that would be their calculation. So in that example, you take thirty thousand. Let's say thirty thousand was their gross receipt. You divide that by twelve to get their average. You know whatever that was uh, for a month. 
uh, and I don't have a calculator in front okay. of me, but you know, you take that number and then multiply that by 2.5, mm-hmm. and that would be the amount of their PPP loan, which is a forgivable loan. It's, it's essentially a grant. Um, and so wow. using that calculation where you just use the gross made this now available to a lot of our smaller hair salons and 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 barbershops and food trucks and others you know that that may not have uh, again been able to 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 access this they still needed to develop a banking relationship right still needed to find a lender you know to be able to uh, use PPP and i think i think lenders now more lenders are receptive to a new banking relationship and that program because now everyone has been more familiar and uh, with PPP and and I think the you know maybe some of the some of the hurdles or whatever that initially were encountered everybody understands that program a lot better today. But thank you for uh, explaining that and going into those details. We're going to take a quick break, ladies and gentlemen. We have Wayne Bell with us from the SBA, and we'll be back to hear the rest of the SBA story. Severe weather. Whether it's hail, wind, rain, or snow, storms can cause damages, inconveniences, and sometimes even power outages. At Evergy, we're committed to providing safe, reliable energy. And in the event of an outage, our linemen work tirelessly to restore your power as quickly and as safely as possible. And with tools like our outage map and real-time updates, we're with you every step of the way. Visit evergy.com slash stay safe to learn more. As a convener of people and ideas, the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce continues to extend our reach and maximize our efforts to provide the best possible business environment in our region. Your partnership is imperative for accelerating business success. We invite you to visit wichitachamber.org to learn more about the benefits of membership and become involved with our efforts to provide success for our members, leadership for our community, and prosperity for our region. Visit wichitachamber.org and follow us on your favorite social media platform. Friends, we are back with Wayne Bell with the SBA, and we're having a wonderful conversation with him about all of the tools and resources that's available um, to small business owners, uh, whether you be a sole prop or up to, um, you know, a, a fairly large company. So, Wayne Bell, you know, we use small business, but what does that really mean? What is a small business? You know, it uh, <laughs> it does vary. It depends on the industry uh, broadly. You know, kind of a definition that's used maybe in the lending community is like uh, if it has 500 employees or less, mm-hmm. you know, that is, is kind of one uh, broad definition. But there's, there's something, there's a, a place that individuals can go and you can get the code for your industry. Some industries are tied to gross revenues and some industries are tied to the number of employees. And so the website um, is called NAICS, and that stands for North American Industry Classification System. Mm-hmm. So NAICS. NAICS so, code. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. NAICS codes. Uh-huh. That's right. Every industry has a code. So if it's if you're doing podcasts, there's a code. If you're doing if you're a basketball referee, there's a code. You know, so every industry, every sector has a code, and you can find it at that NAICS uh, NAICS code website. Well, you know, I, I'm I'm curious for my next question. You know, I'm a foodie and I love to eat. Um, so I'm really interested in this restaurant revitalization fund. 
I'm, I want to make sure that my favorite restaurants uh, are able to survive and able to feed me. Yeah, <laughs> a- absolutely. This restaurant revitalization fund is a big deal. Uh, again, this has been made available by the American Rescue Plan. Uh, it provided SBA with $28.6 billion in appropriation. Wow. Uh, that was uh, established back, I believe, March 11th. And now uh, that program is in full effect. It uh, The loan portal, uh, not the loan, uh, the grant portal opened up yesterday. Uh, yep, the beginning of May, the portal is open. And now restaurants, any, not only restaurants, by the way, so you've got restaurants, bars, uh, coffee shops, wineries. I know, I know you guys are big fans of wineries. And, and so, uh, (laughs) so, so, so wineries, again, uh, bakeries, coffee shops, uh, brew pubs, you know, any entity that is for profit, uh, that is, that has, uh, 20 or fewer locations. So in some cases you could have franchisees, but the franchisee can't have over 20 locations. Uh, they could be eligible for this program. This is not a program that's intended for nonprofits and they cannot be, you know, the, the, the entity or the, the restaurant, if you will, could not be owned by state or local government, you know, that sort of thing. It's really intended for, for small for-profit entities, uh, that um, uh, that are in the food and beverage uh, industry. That's excellent because, of course, I go to a lot of restaurants. And um, one thing, Wayne, I want to get your take on. I go to a lot of restaurants, and it seems like right now they're having a hard time keeping folks because word on the street is, is they get paid more not to work. What's From where you sit, what's your take on this. And I think you alluded to a little bit, but can you expound on what's your take on the way we're situated now where restaurants appear to not have enough people to carry out their work? Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a really, really powerful question because the, the, the overarching challenge that I have heard small businesses identify is not so much capital, which right now everybody needs capital, right? But mm-hmm. the biggest issue is people and being able to hire the talent and the people they need. And so, yeah, what, what occurred and what we, what we saw is that uh, by way of the CARES Act and, and these other stimulus uh, packages that, con- that continue, um, an increase in unemployment benefits, an increase in unemployment compensation, which I'm not knocking that at all. Right. I, and there's certainly dire situations where people needed more uh, than, than the amounts that they were you know, originally getting. But what it did in the case of many small businesses is it put uh, these owners in a complex situation because the jobs perhaps that they had available you know, may have equaled the unemployment total compensation or maybe slightly been, you know, been able to pay slightly above that. And so individuals might have pushed back in some cases, not all, Mm -hmm. but in some cases, you know, there just might have been a little bit of negotiation, if you will, in terms of coming back. And uh, and I know that that overarching challenge businesses have had is, is maintaining people. And um, so what these programs intended to do, 
The Paycheck Protection Program is one that intended to provide uh, business owners with capital they would need to keep people employed. Mm-hmm. That was that was the one of the primary purposes of the Paycheck Protection Program. The Restaurant Revitalization Fund, the primary objective of th- this fund is to restore restaurants and food beverage uh, companies back to the revenue levels they had pre-COVID. Okay. Okay. So I'll give you an example. If, if a restaurant was in existence in 2019, and let's say they averaged, let's say they did 500,000 in sales in 2019, but then in 2020, due to COVID, maybe their numbers dropped all the way down to 200,000 in sales. So, so the difference of 300,000 there. Mm-hmm. Um, the way the calculation works in that scenario for this fund, you would subtract the 2020 revenues from 2019. And so in that case, that's that's um, 300000 mm-hmm. there. You would then also subtract any other grant funds that were received by the business. So paycheck protection funds, other SBA grants or state grants due to, due to the pandemic. And let's say in this scenario, maybe the business got fifty thousand in in grant funds. Right. So that would leave two hundred and fifty thousand. Gotcha. According to this program, that two hundred and fifty thousand would be the amount they would be eligible to receive in grant funds from the SBA wow. through this restaurant revitalization fund. So it really intends to get the the business and the the applicant back to their pre COVID. Uh, revenue levels. Uh, it's a neat. It's a neat program. I, I think the demand is really high uh, for this because we have so many food trucks, mm-hmm. uh, caterers. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just spoke over the weekend with one of our most popular caterers. You know, in in the city, and uh, I talked to her at length about this program. She wasn't aware of it. Which you know, which is which is shocking, but sometimes due to life situations and and whatever the individual may be dealing with, they just haven't heard you know all of this information. And so anyway, I, I visited uh, at length with this caterer, and long story short, Monday, you know, they were they were applying and going live and mm-hmm. and uh, able to uh, move forward with their application, you know, for this this fund. Here's what people need. If they haven't prepared their 2019 taxes, they need to do so right away. Because if you've got at least the 2019 taxes done for the business, that is going to streamline, you know, it's going to help make the review of your application a lot more efficient. If you don't have the 2019 taxes, um, then, you know, there's other supporting information, 1099s that they may have received, uh, other um, bank deposit information, that kind of stuff. So there's some supporting information that can support their calculation, but it's just so important if they haven't done the taxes for at least 2019, they need to do that. Also, uh, something else that's neat about this program, they can use, if they use any of these uh, third-party providers such as Square, Toast, mm-hmm. Aloha, or Clover, they can apply for this restaurant revitalization fund right through Square, Toast, oh Aloha, Clover. Yeah, they can apply. So SBA, in anticipation of this program, 
worked out agreements with those third parties to make the process a lot more efficient, you know, for this. Um, something else to note right now, we're in a window, the first 21 days of, of this uh, program, the priority groups are women-owned business, veteran-owned businesses, and then those businesses that have been deemed socially or economically disadvantaged, which are typically minority-owned businesses. Right. And so uh, the idea is, as we talked about, with the Paycheck Protection Program and that first iteration, a lot of the businesses in these communities were overlooked because they didn't have those banking relationships and the things that we exactly. talked about. So now the idea is to try to really give them the first opportunity to get their applications in, to get their applications reviewed. And so that's the deal. While everyone can apply right now, in this window of the first 21 days, the priority that will be processed will be women, veterans, and socially or economically disadvantaged. New guidelines on 90% surety or guarantee of the loan and or security of the loan, uh, paying first three months of the SBA loan and I think waiving administrative fees. I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> I mean, I've had SBA loans before, and yeah. it's a beautiful thing. But I haven't had one where the administration fees were waived. <laughs> so let's talk about yeah. all those things going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, uh, uh, Don. Um, so right now we've got this debt relief that's been made available again through the American Rescue Plan. SBA is paying three months of payments. And this is if, so if you've got a new opportunity, let's say- I'm going to create one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let, let, let's say you got a new opportunity. You want to buy a new building. You want to expand, you know, something you're trying to do. Now is the time to get an SBA loan because SBA is paying three months of payments, mm. principal and interest, mm -hmm. waiving some of our fees associated mm. with our loans. And that uh, limit on the three months of payments is $9,000 a month. So just keep that in mind. So you okay, can get. I can make that happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. So uh, waiving uh, up to three months. No. You're not, no, not, you're not waiving. They're paying. Pain. They're We're pain. paying three months of payments okay. uh, on the loans. So, you know, let's say you get a loan and it's put on a three year term. You know that at least the first three months will be paid by the SBA right. and uh, principal and interest. And so it's not something that's deferred. It's right. something that they're that we're and, paying. And then the wave, but you're waiving the administration fees. The, How right. much th can those cost? You know, uh, on average, uh, they're going to be anywhere like two to three percent of the total loan. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'd say in general, um, that's a good that's a good gauge. And with banks, uh, you're going from. Make sure I got it right. Seventy-five percent to ninety percent on guarantee securing the loan. The the loan guarantees uh, right now. Uh, uh, so good question. And so the loan guarantees, you know, it it kind of fluctuates. Uh, it goes on our normal programming up to seventy-five percent, ninety percent on international trade loans. Oh, so okay. so loans for exporters, the guarantee is ninety percent. On all other programs, it's kind of tiered. Like we are, we have a streamlined program called SBA Express, mm -hmm. and that uh, the guarantee on that is fifty percent. A lot of lenders like that program because it's streamlined; it's mm -hmm. easier for them to do. Right. Uh, so uh, it just it just depends on what the individual's looking for 
and uh, the program that they get into. But the range is going to be anywhere from that 50% to 75%. Just depends on the amount that they're looking at. Well, Wayne, as we are wrapping up, if you'll tell us what's going to happen to the SBA post-COVID-19. Oh, man. You know, it'll be interesting. Uh, I think the SBA, number one, I think, you know, we're here to stay for, for a long time, right? But what COVID has shown us all is that we can do more, uh, we can work more remotely. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't necessarily have to have the footprint physically that we've had uh, over the years. Mm. So I think uh, the way the access points for SBA might look a little different in the future. You know, we might have smaller offices in multiple locations, um, you know, that kind of thing. I think our footprint in, in total, the physical footprint might be a little smaller. Gotcha. Makes sense. Yep. Makes sense, though. Well, I appreciate your time here, Wayne, and I'm you've, I've learned a lot. So thank you for sharing all that information. But before you go, we have something fun that we're going to do. Okay. Well, Don's going to do it. <laughs> Hasn't this been fun yeah, all this it time? It has been fun. It has been. <laughs> no, it's been good stuff. You're a hoot. Yeah. <laughs> little bit of word association, my man. I give you a word. You give me one back. Uh, it's not wrong because it's your word. <laughs> Leader. Wow. <laughs> um, many to choose from. You know, there there are individuals I'd like to see. One word. Um, I, I actually like uh, President Obama. Okay. Yep. Uh, entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. You've been one, so... <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there there are many that, that come to mind. Um, let's go with uh, the Carnies that established Pizza Hut. Excellent. Wichita. Community. Vacation. <laughs> you don't get one of those, do you? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Not yeah. in last yeah. The, year, the, apparently. The, the dream vacation is probably going to be Hawaii. Okay. Nice. I think I know this, but college. I'm torn. Uh oh, I don't know. <laughs> While I love Wichita State, I've become a big Drexel University fan. Oh, of course, <laughs> because my son goes yeah. to Drexel University. We're gonna put Drexel for now. WSU will understand for today. There you go. Uh, hero. Hero. Hmm. Many, but I have just finished up the book uh, on the autobiography of. of um, coach John Thompson. Oh. And man. John Thompson was uh the head coach at Georgetown. Yeah. He was the first uh black coach to win the NCAA championship yeah. and his his book has just been fascinating to me. His the, the story after story. Uh so John Thompson uh but interestingly enough my favorite coach favorite coach is um uh, Phil Jackson. Phil, ja- okay. Phil Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Phil Jackson. Gotcha. I found out something a long time ago. I share the same birthday with Phil Jackson. Oh, so, there you go. So, yeah, Phil Jackson, uh, been remar- a remarkable coach, right? But uh, John Thompson, his story has just been amazing lately for me. So Nice. Yep. Last but not least, fun. Chess. Did you say chess? Chess. I'm a chess player. What? See, and that's yes. a secret. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But that is, man, that is so much fun. It's, you know, strategy and uh, and, and winning is just, 
you know, it's just incredible. Friends, we've come to the end of our time with Wayne Bell at the SBA. We appreciate you being here, Wayne. Thank you for sharing everything about the SBA and all of the wonderful programs and the tools. Thank you so much, Ebony, uh, Don. Really appreciate you all, and I admire what you all do. Thank you. Well, thank you for being awesome. here. We know that uh, you could choose to spend your time elsewhere, and you decided to be here with us. So thank you. All right, friends, make certain that you continue to like and subscribe our podcast and leave your comments for us. Till next time. Like us, love us, share us, do something. Peace. The Wichita Chamber Business Accelerator is brought to you by the Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce and is powered by Evergy. Visit wichitachamber.org for a list of the area leaders we've interviewed for this series. This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. For more information, visit ictpod.net. The Wichita Regional Chamber of Commerce's small business initiatives are made possible by our small business program investors, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas, Cox Business, AGH CPAs and Advisors, United Healthcare, and Interest Bank. Thank you for your support of small businesses. If you are interested in learning more about small business investment, contact Angie Elliott at A-E-L-L-I-O-T-T at wichitachamber.org.